Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 53 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Riley McShane from Allegiant discusses his first band, and I recommend the Philadelphia thrash band, Infinity. Before all that, I welcome Eloy Montez and Michael Alvarez from the Sacramento progressive death metal band, Flub. Flub have been a band for most of the last decade, but they just released their first self-released album in June. That doesn't mean these guys are slouches, however. Their drummer is also in Rivers of Nile, Mike was a touring member of Alter Beast, and Eloy was the guitarist in Vale of Nath. So, before we dive in with Mike and Eloy, here are some of the band's rebirth from their self-titled album. Crystals? I don't uh, smoke, so I don't know the science behind it. I don't think it is. Weed and whatnot. You know, she wrote my Swiss picks. Swiss picks, the pick that I play. <laughs> I have, how, do, how do you get in touch with these guys? Because they, I've never seen a pick with holes in it, and then I uh, only know them because of you. So, so far it's working. Far Beyond <laughs> Middle, brought to you by Swiss Picks. Will they sponsor a podcast? Because uh, I, I play guitar, but not, sure what, not anything to warrant having picks. Have one. Oh, they're so cute. Are they actually cheese, though? No, I wish. Swiss <laughs> have any picks. Cheese. Get on it. It'd be terrible for a guitar. But then, uh, shredded cheese. Shredded. Oh, damn. Oh, yep. That's why I shred. Uh, Rusty Cooley plays them as well. Rusty shreds as well? Um, I, I have heard. I've heard things I've that only he heard has, stories heard stories that he shreds you've stumbled across a King Diamond t-shirt over there in the corner oh like his shirt's like hell worn out so like it looked like it was like glary for a second I was like holy shit it's glary but it's just vintage I <laughs> can see a King shirt having purpose to stress on it to have their whole his whole shtick going yeah I almost stole the shirt from my guitarist Andrew from Alter Beast because I love the shirt and the key let me wear his for like a couple of days once I was like, I'm totally stealing this, but I gave it back. But <laughs> I gave him one because it's uh. Are you just overrun with King Diamond shirts? No, I don't. I don't know. I just thought it looked too old, and here I am wearing a Necrophagus shirt that looks even older. <laughs> I, I feel like there are only ne- old Necrophagus shirts at this point since yeah. they haven't done anything. And do they have Tool Beat as far as how long it's been since the last album? They do, right? Pretty sure. I don't believe they should release a new album. At this they, point, don't. They, they shouldn't. They should just die legends. Uh, die, well, why try to ruin a good thing? Die a legend, exactly. Because uh-huh. even if the album's amazing, I think people are just going to 
just gonna tear it apart because it's not like it's not from ten years ago. It's yeah. Two years ago. I feel like that whole thing has worked one time and exactly one time, and then since then it hasn't been so hot. And that was cynic. Oh yeah, yeah. Trace and error, I prefer over focus. Yeah, Trace and error was awesome. But I feel like Trace and error then lost some people after that. Like yeah, Kelly Brent Ben Frias. It, it kind of, like, Brian Shields, actually, we were over at his house one time listening to Cynic, and he was like, I like Cynic, but I feel like they've been releasing the same album since since Carbon-Based Anatomy. So oh, they, yeah. They kind of just kept releasing the same kind of album. He got in a, a mood where it worked for him. Yeah. Okay, hey, thanks for being on my show, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> I feel I once know, like, certain bands and certain artists kind of find a rhythm to their sound, they'll kind of, like, elaborate on it. And it could be easily caught up into making several things sound the same unintentionally. So like there's points where like I wrote a couple of new songs on guitar and showed my little sister and she's like, It sounds just like your old stuff because you're using all the same notes and kinda of like certain like things and in my head I thought they were different entirely, but they weren't. <laughs> I was always that guy in my my last band. My uh guitarist would come up with something and he just Oh, check this out. I'm like, Oh, it's the the first thing played backwards which is just what Jose from Immenso was playing like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so like, let's, let's keep a version of that, call it the Jose riff and come back to it. And yeah. we, we did. I totally have some Jose riffs. Got a bunch of Jose shit going on. <laughs> I wonder if he knows that he influenced this. No, that's why I told him to be on our secret release shows. Like, we needed them. I tried to get Journal too, but they couldn't do it. So. I was going to ask you guys about that, whether we're recording or not, because it's a very inside baseball as far as the Sacramento greater music scene goes. So having them come in as Memento Mori, was that their idea or was that you guys? That was uh, my idea. I, I had asked the guys specifically if they were willing to pull it for at least one night just because like, we grew up going to a lot of Memento Mori shows and me and this guy were literally like doing merch for the dudes going out to Woodland and partying with them like just really good friends and had really good times did you hit those Depot show, uh, Depot Street shows say what one two three four Depot Streets uh, I don't think we played that mm-hmm. but we've been around with those guys for a long time and like for us being younger in the scene when we first started like they really they really like kind of took us underneath their wing and they treated us like family immediately and like I've always appreciated that out of them as well as their music was always amazing too and very influential on us. So like, when I asked them like if you guys would be down to do this like for our CD release show, like, they said yes and they were excited about it and they were able to pull it off, which made me really happy. Then I asked Journal as well, and unfortunately, the situation is different with them because they're pretty busy. They wouldn't be able to make the the time to be show ready at that point, and not you know I wouldn't want them to rush a set or play like a short set because of it either. It'd be a waste of everybody's time for those guys at least you know mm-hmm. so yeah we got memento still which is cool yeah really stoked about it people are gonna get a a nice taste of blast from the past my uh the very first show i ever played was filling in for their old old basis when they were still sad-eyed sad-eyed yeah. uh, <laughs> i filled in for chris Jimenez at plainfield station in davis and that whole day was a mess we showed up to the place we we're supposed to play they didn't know we were supposed to be there one of this place called Brown's Corner, where they were just not going to have, like, seven metal bands play. Yeah. So there's, like, go out to Plainfield. So we show up at the place, and we're like, hey, we're in bands, we're going to play tonight. They're like, okay. <laughs> so band All played, right, we played, that first band played again. It was a really weird night, and then I don't know what happened after that. I was like, I, this has been a long fucking day, I'm out of here. So those are my favorite shows, the ones that just really didn't need to happen. <laughs> You're like, wow, that was weird. Cool, let's do it again sometime. 
Yeah, sometimes uh, the shows will be a little weird, and then the after parties will make up for them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Typically. Okay. I had those days, like, where there's, like, literally one person that comes out to the show, and it's like, cool, like, thank you, one person for coming out, and that one person just takes you downtown to some random city and just get into all kinds of hell. It's like, cool. <laughs> that made up for everything. <laughs> Yo, that happened to Vail one time. We were on tour. I think it was in, like, Boise. And I think our venue fell through, but we ended up playing a house party at some dude's house. And they paid us in, uh, they paid us, they gave us beer and a place to crash. So we literally got paid to party. <laughs> we just played downstairs, got beer and pizza and, and money and party. Nice. Tight. I ended up uh, just sitting outside on the porch for myself. <laughs> with a box of PBRs and listening to uh, to the Moon Man song from uh, from Rick and Morty. That's a good song. Don't know my Rick and Morty. I'm one of the few that hasn't jumped on that cold. Yeah, good man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a crazy big fan. It was just like I had it stuck in my head. Oh no, I get I get the whole thing behind it. I just his coughing grosses me out. I don't. I didn't know I couldn't hang with that, but apparently that's me. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any of those sort of shows on your most recent tour that you just wrapped up not too long ago? Hmm. Or any sort of fun antics? Oh, yeah. We've had, we had quite a bit. Here's some Damn, stuff I'm making. I think it sounds incriminating. Oh. Is this the We're part where I cut stuff for you guys? No, nah, it's not incriminating. It, we just had a, a Just kill the guy. No one knew him. It's fine. Oh, I wish. Wow, man. <laughs> close. Close. We just... You know, there, there was this show where... I'm not going to name no names or nothing, but like... We almost got into a fight with this dude, and it and it was crazy. But then we afterward we went to some uh, somebody's house, and uh, it ended up being a pretty crazy time. This is so incredibly vague. Yes. <laughs> we you almost think everything fought, sounds so guilty right now. We almost, no, fought, it was, it we almost like, fought this guy redacted. The reason is redacted. The reason we went to another like, place redacted. <laughs> <laughs> well, like long story short, dude is being a dick. Fucking. We had to kind of flex on him. Dude fucking was drunk. And we left it at that. We didn't cause any problems further than that because... We didn't fight him or nothing. But as much as a lot of us are really ready to do something about it, it's like, one, we're in a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to throw us right in jail. Yeah. It's like, cool, I don't need to go back to jail. Jail sucks. And then, like, yeah, overall. Like, some of the shows on the, the last tour we did were pretty cool, very surprising, especially, uh, like... Just some of the turnouts, like, were, like, fairly smaller, but the people there were really into it, really excited for the, the lineup, and very dedicated to being there for the bands playing. They weren't distracted by going out to have cigarettes or, like, you know, drink at the bar. They were there thoroughly for the music, and, like, it felt good, like, almost most of the nights of this, that entire tour was like that, where it was, like, more intimate settings, I feel. Smaller venues and just more compact with, like, people who were there for the cause. And it felt really good, especially since it was our first time out over there in Canada. But, that, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I think Winnipeg was my favorite show of that tour. Yeah, Winnipeg was pretty cool. We played a lot of cool, like, uh, just bands here and there. Like, uh, what was it, Blackwater, was it Blackwater Revival is their name? They're from, uh, they're from Vancouver, and we played with them in Tacoma. That's cause oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was over at that... Um place was it Tacoma yeah that was Tacoma that was uh, that big strip where you guys were gonna go buy switches at that video game store and we tried to 
tell you not to. <laughs> yeah, I ended up not buying a Switch because it would have been stupid. Okay, I have questions about this right now. Why did you tell him no? Is it a, and it's a financial reason because you're on the road, right? Yeah, yeah. the All fact right. that it was like, I can see that from a mile away, but why are you telling no beyond that? Yeah, because <laughs> it was day three of tour and anything could go wrong in 21 days and sometimes you'll need money to fix your car if something happens. We had to service our... Uh, we toured in a Suburban, stuffed everything in there with five people. Uh, everybody's like... Thankfully, Canadian people are really fucking friendly that stereotype that you see on south park is pretty true for the most part when the they only have shit one happens. road yeah they only have one road Beating get everywhere really easily polite yeah they're really really polite and very like a no, very accommodating to touring bands very helpful did what they can to uh help us sleep comfortably because seeing us in a fucking tiny com- like just confined space and doing these long drives people were willing to help out and if we didn't have those places to stay we would have been probably gone insane but anyway, yeah, that, mostly he we just didn't want to break down and not have money. Yeah, fine. He he makes a bad spending choices sometimes. I gotta yell at him. <laughs> Do you have a switch now? No. You've been off the road for what? No switch, but I have a ton of Game Boys. Oh, somewhere. cool. What do you got? I you have, have the big brick, the gray one. Yeah, I have that one. I got it for seven bucks at Denios. I have uh, Game Boy Color that I've had forever. Game Boy Advances. I have a this Chinese GB Boy Color. That is like sounds French. I gotta say, yeah, it's, it's a straight up Game Boy Color, and it plays Game Boy Color cartridges, but it, it has a backlight LCD. Ooh, yeah, so it's awesome for your GB. If your Game Boy Advances, you have the sideways one, or you have the foldies. Uh, I only read the sideways one. I have I like. three foldies and two sideways, like long ones, and I I collect those because I'm really big on video games. I was gonna ask why you have multiple Game Boy Advances. Mostly because I plan on gutting some of them and reworking the long ones to have a, a backlit screen. Nice. You know, just messing around with them. And also just, I don't know, I just see them and they're cheap and I buy them just mostly for nostalgia and stuff. So, like, my thing is, if I will go on a weekend video game binge, which I don't do anymore, but it's like, okay, I, I can play this Game Boy and then put the other one to charge. <laughs> just just smart nonstop. Yeah, just put an IV into my arm full of Pokemon. <laughs> about just it. a continuous Pokemon drip. Uh, coming back to your tour a bit, uh, am I mistaken in thinking that you guys are the only proper flubbers on this tour? Also, do you call yourself flubbers? Uh, uh, I don't know if we ever really had a flubbers is like a condom. Uh, I thought we thought it was yeah, a green was, shit for that Rob Williams movie. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just joking. It flubbers. just sounded like rivers. Alright, so. I'm more used to the term failure. <laughs> That's what flub means, too. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but what do you mean by, like, flubbers? Uh, did you guys have uh, folks filling in on a couple instruments? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Jared couldn't do the tour because Jared was uh, he was preparing for Rivers and Isle to go to Australia and do, like, Beyond Creation dates. And I think he went to New Zealand as well. So he wouldn't have been able to make half the tour. Then we had to fly him all the way to Canada to do, like, a week-long dates and... We would have another drummer that would just have to sit there and be cramped in the car, stuck with us. So it was just not logistically possible. So um, our friend Garrett has filled in on drums for us uh, several shows. Ironically, before this tour, I never played with him in Flub because he always done these sets without me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he he's already been pretty uh, pretty caught up on the material, and he's been doing really well. We've, we've been playing shows with him for a long time. He always been working with them for a long time since I met Eloy they were in a band together so 
it's a lot of chemistry with him, and he did really well, really high spirits and good motivation, and uh, we acquired our our old second guitarist, Victor, to come in and help, because we had another situation fall through with somebody where somebody was going to fill in for the tour, but they kind of backed out on us last minute, so figured hit up our old guitarist who knows most of the material and get them back up to speed with us with the newer stuff that we're playing, and he did a good job, learned everything real fast. So it was pretty cool. He he just popped up last minute and pulled through. Yeah, us. he pulled through. He did great. I'm very proud of both of those guys. They put in a ton of work. And then we had the bassist, uh, Liam. Yeah, Liam. Uh, I met Liam on my tour with Depths of Hatred when I filled in for vocals. He was filling in for guitar for them. And me and him hit it off pretty quick. He was a pretty cool cat and just really open. Just, he's a young guy in the music scene. And he's really just open about everything and how he feels. And he's very dedicated to getting shit done. Yeah, just a great guy all around. Love that guy. And I showed him the new Flub album before, uh, or like when I was getting the mixing and mastering process done. I was showing him, getting his like uh, opinions on the mixes and just discussing the future, what we're planning. And he had offered to book a tour for us. And then he offered us the inanimate tour to like kind of be on it for a minute and then from there he after the tour was said and done with and we both went separate ways he had asked to be more involved with flub and he wanted to be our main booking agent so we agreed i like i liked his work ethic and thought he was already doing a good job like getting us out there trying to submit us for some tours and matt couldn't do the upcoming tour and he's a bassist himself so like he wanted to do it he's like hey give me the tabs I'll do the tour for you guys and he'll fly out and come hang out with us and that's what he did it was perfect he worked out perfectly he tour managed for all the bands while we're on the road and he's very responsible so I love that little kid <laughs> yeah it was great it's great cool having cat. him damn so not just like randos you found through Craigslist or something <laughs> no definitely I, borderline I, family on these folks that's cool yeah. I, I after the years that we've been doing this like uh, it's been in my mind that I only really want to work with people that I know incredibly personally like there's people I still work with in music that like I've you know I've known for a while not on a super personal level but just enough to know how the work ethic is and I want Flub to be working with people who have that mentality to want to bring us to the next level along with us you know like we had both come from bands a long time ago that we had to we had to do a lot for our projects and it feels like there was certain members here and there that you got to carry along that didn't want to carry a workload they're just kind of there for the glory and fun and I, I'm strictly against that when it comes to Flub like I want everybody to do something that's you know bettering our situation overall as a band and as a group we want to be able to come here and look like professionals and do what we got to do and make an impression i don't want somebody to be here wasted and just not playing their parts and making us all look bad so we all worked hard for this and you're going to be the one ruining it so i'm definitely strictly against working with people we don't really know that's why you get good work ethic in there it goes a long way now, between uh, the Advent EP and this one was a lot of time. Why? Why are you making us wait? Broke. Uh, <laughs> do, huh? It wasn't just that. Yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, you, you, the both of you, I know, for sure, were also in other other bands and, and shit, so... Yeah, like that, that was part of it, too, was... Uh, well, initially, when we were going to go uh, beginning tracking this album, we, we already had like a scheduled amount of days to do, and our studio guy we work with books several months out of the year, because he's a... Uh, He's very fucking busy, guys. So, like, when you book with him and, like, you don't finish your time, you gotta wait, like, three months to go back to him. 
So we had several situations like that where we weren't able to get enough done in time, and then the money was racking up, and we had to start paying that off and doing stuff. And then uh, Eloy started doing Velonoth stuff, as well as I started working with Alter Beast, and Jared was working with Rivers and Nile. So we all, around the exact same time, kind of started parting different ways and different paths and working on different things. So in the meantime, we kind of like... We were still poking at the album here and there, but it was just like a slower process because all of our time was just taken up from all these other projects and uh, commitments. And then Eloy was working on um, another project called Prince's Kitten that, that kind of helped him take up some more time to do stuff. And I said, Jared does session drums for a million other bands. And, and the whole Rivers being uh, yeah, super busy all the time. Yeah, Rivers itself is like, from the... The time he had joined up with them till now is definitely like his schedule is amplified a hundredfold. So like, it kind of like left us all at this point where it, it felt like we had forgotten about the album for a second. We kind of just like let it go, and me and Eli had a discussion probably early last year. I was going through a pretty strong depression, and it was around the time I was about to part ways with Alter Beast, and I told him like, we need to release this album. I have this existential crisis that floats over me every single day. It's been there for my whole life. I feel like I'm going to die tomorrow. It always happens. <laughs> so with this album, I'm like, we got to release this album, and then it's okay, I could die. It's cool. As long as this album is out, I'm happy. So, well, I'm here to kill you, so... Hell uh -oh. yes. <laughs> a sweet release. But that was like... As soon as I moved to the Bay Area, that was like my my main goal was to make sure this album was released and got the proper representation it needs because it itself took so long and I felt it had a lot of potential. The material itself is now technically like five or six years old. It's really old material. Oh yeah, like I have files for, uh, of, I think the, the writing for the last song was well, done in 2015. That was yeah. like, Wild that's, Smoke that's the, the newest one. one. And I remember like, before that, all the songs were pretty much done in, like, 2013, 2014 for the album. Like, just ready to be recorded. Uh, but, it, you know, we ended up using different songs for Advent, you know. The, one, the other ones were just basically songs that were left over. Songs that we worked on a little more after that. Yeah. And, yeah, so it finally came to the point where I started chipping away at our, uh, our studio debt for the album and started... Uh, I rewrote my vocals like about five times for the album because I just consistently was unhappy with what I was writing and I wasn't where I wanted to be skill level wise for it. So I took a little extra time after I paid off the album to kind of just redo all of what I did and try to make sure that my part was up to par with the rest of the guys on the album. And then from there, there's a couple more delays in the release of it because initially we were aiming for the artist and era and... When I had first pitched the idea to Malcolm, he was pretty down with it, but it was in the earlier phases of the album not being completed. And I told him I'll talk to him more about the album release by the time we get a finished product. And at that point when we got the finished product, it was the end of last year, and I brought up the idea to Malcolm again if he was interested in possibly releasing it. It took him a couple weeks to get back to me because he was on the road, and... Once he sat and got a good lesson, he was pretty interested, but he projected a, a later release date than we had wanted, and we had already had this uh, this Anatomy Existence tour coming up, and I was thinking that it would be just such a bad idea for us to go out on this tour and not have new music, so 
I declined Malcolm's offer for the artist and era and told him we're just going to self-release because like we really just needed to release the material and just get get the ball rolling. We couldn't wait till like October, November to release this thing because there would be no point and we'd have to book a whole other tour at that point to get it done. So at that point, yeah, just I told him we're going to do it on our own and a week later got a phone call from Malcolm and he's like, dude, like I... I really think you guys should reconsider. I think uh, we could do really good things with the album for the label. And he was willing to push it forward to where it's the end of the tour. That way, when we're hitting the road, we're able to release the tracks and kind of build some, some hype for it. And it worked out perfectly. As soon as we got home, like four or five days later, the album was released and got a pretty good reception. So, pretty excited how it came out. It was just a really fucking long process, but it was. I feel... If we would have did it the way we initially planned to about four or five years ago, then it would not have come out as amazing as it did. So I'm kind of glad it took some time. So you guys feel like it was actually beneficial to have these songs written so long ago? Because like the way my mind works, if I don't just put something out, I'm going to obsess over it. I'm going to try and like keep doing more and more to it until I'm never going to release it. Well, I feel... No, I believe music is timeless itself. It doesn't matter when you wrote it. Like It's still usable. It's like... You yourself, as a growing individual and as a musician and an artist, you're supposed to be growing as you're going along with this. You learn new things, you get new ideas. You're able to look back at what you've worked on and, you know, you can always modify it and make it sound different, sound better, sound worse. You're just kind of chipping away at this giant piece of stone until it's carved into, like, a statue. And even that statue itself could keep being whittled down more and more with extra detail. So, like, I feel... Yeah, it was beneficial for us, for me especially, because I, I had a broad idea of what I wanted to do for vocals and like lyric, lyric stuff for the actual album, and it, when the first couple of tries I went with it and the first ideas I wrote, they were kind of there but not there, and then like once I started learning more about my voice and what I could do with it and spending more time on like learning more better like or learning better writing skills and techniques and how to go about writing music better and stronger I started actually forming better ideas to use for this album that I already had these ideas for a long time but now they're very well defined versions of them on the album even now to this point that we finally released the album and I still just look at some of the shit I did I'm like fuck I could have did all that better <laughs> I could just rewrite this whole thing again but no can't but I still use that motivation towards the next release I think it was beneficial to wait um, because we have label support and because we each had enough time to build a, like a name for ourselves with the other projects that we were doing. I noticed that we get referred to as like a super group kind of a lot, but uh, Flood was actually around like long before any of us even knew that we were going to be doing anything with other bands. Yeah, and that's the thing too, is like we weren't the founders of any of the other bands that we joined. <laughs> Those yeah. are other people's bands and... Yeah, we work with them, and it's cool to work with them. And like, I learned a lot from Alter Beast in my time with the band, and I got to write a couple of songs with the project as well for the Feast album. It was a good experience, and definitely, yeah, the whole supergroup thing is like, I I must say, Flub was kind of a supergroup, but like a local supergroup when we started, because me and Eloy when we first started playing shows together, like, I had discussed with him we should work together because we're one of the like. We're two people right now who are in the scene who are doing big things on our own. What would happen if we worked together and, like, you know, use that fucking power together and see what it could do? 
And then we we uh, I found Jared with my old band. I played with him in Oakland when he was with Enslaved the Creation. We played a show of like three stand-up comedians and like nobody else. And wait, you were you like opening for them? Or were they with the crowd? It was literally like there was a stand-up comedian, then the band, then a stand-up comedian, then a band, then a stand-up comedian, then the last band didn't play because they didn't want to play the <laughs> three stand-up comedians. Man, that can work, but that sounds like a disaster. <laughs> it it was a pretty nifty show. I said if it w- if that show didn't happen, I never would have met Jared. Who uh, knows where Flo would be. Yeah, like, I knew Jared had skill, and, like, his band that he was in was insane. Like, it's still an insane project. Like, and I believe they're still kind of getting some material going, but... Their guitarist is in Archaic now. Yeah, their guitarist, uh, Chinga, he's now a guitarist for Archaic. I hope everybody starts calling him Chinga, because he hates it. <laughs> I love it. What's his name? <laughs> but, uh, but Jared, too, like, I saw where he was in the SAC music scene at the time. We had discussed, like, who we'd want for drums. We wanted somebody who could just, like destroy the kit as well as like somebody who wasn't as well known in the scene because first idea we had was Gabe Sieber but Gabe was already busy with so many bands there's no way he'd be able to make the dedication in time to even like be around enough for us to do what we wanted to do and then we found Jared and I had hired Jared to do session drums on some material I recorded on guitar and he came down for my birthday and like hung out with me and Eloy for like two three days straight and this is around the time me and Eloy were already in the idea phases of Flub, and we had recorded a three-song like demo, program drums, and after hanging out with Jared, we showed him some of these tunes, and he was like addicted almost immediately, and was really interested in working with us, so snagged him, and the rest is history. So I feel like we got like some really strong hitters when we first started to like kind of say like a local supergroup. We weren't. We weren't anything big, none of us were big or anything, like, known for any of our shit. We were just kind of the hard-working people that we knew. <laughs> and how has things changed for you since getting with the artists in Europe? Um, less people talk shit about my vocals now. It's cool. <laughs> Honestly, I think with a label behind you, there's more exposure. I think it would be statistically more, but it's less. Well, well it's, it's cool because, like, with Ultra Beasts, I had to be compared with another vocalist who is, uh, you know, the defining voice of the first album. So everybody who really loved that first album and heard a little something different in the next one immediately had to say something about me. And like, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm cool with constructive criticism. I don't care. People can say what they want to say. Everybody has their own ideas. But with Flub and, like, people actually say, like, yo, this, this guy's vocals are cool. I'm like, I'm doing the same shit I was doing on the last one. Everybody's <laughs> saying that shit sucked. It's like... It's your own thing. Yeah, but like, I think it's because, you know, Flub itself is something that, uh, you know, we, we kind of, it feels more natural for me to work with Flub in general because this is what we've been working on. This is our child. And, like, it gives me more room to experiment personally. And I've always been a fan of Eli's writing before we were in a band together. So, like, Thank you. to me, working with him is, like, it's easy because whenever he writes something I automatically love it I don't really have much to say other than small suggestions I feel it probably could amplify the song but I'm never displeased with what he works with and having Jared you know Eloy composes all the music but Jared just throw it at him and he's just good to go he's fucking one take Jake's songs in the in the studio he's, yeah, he really does I think out of all the songs we recorded in the studio with Jared I think uh, he's probably did one take for probably a, five or six out of all the songs and we have 
recorded 15 songs. So about a good half. He's did one take and got the whole songs all the way through. Damn. Yeah, it's been a, it's been interesting working with these guys. It's like dream come true. I love it. That was a bit of Wild Smoke by Flub. I'll have more with them in just a bit. But first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Riley McShane from Allegiant discusses his heavy origins. My first band was called... Oh, man. My first band was called... So it had two names when we first started. We started, we, we first called it Roots of Evil, Super Edgy, and uh, and then switched it over to Stigmata Plague. And, that seems uh, it, edgier. It is almost even edgier, and it was like symphonic black metal, like blackened death, uh, kind of stuff. And I started that band when I was fourteen, uh, playing guitar and doing vocals. And uh, as I progressed throughout metal, I realized that there was no way that I was going to play guitar and do vocals in the style of metal that I wanted to play. So I, I picked one, and I just went with vocals, and found more competent guitar players than I which isn't that hard to do. So <laughs> I, I actually, turns out I have follow-ups. I have so many follow-ups. So question one, did you have corpse pain? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, yes. So it started off as corpse paint, but I was definitely one of those kids in high school that just wore makeup every day. Um, and not quite like scened out super colorful makeup, but more like, angsty goth robert smith like i want it to be 1984 again so bad uh <laughs> style of makeup so uh yes and no i feel like the corpse paint wasn't really too much of a deviation from the way i just kind of looked back then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh vocally like at least with a legion you have a very low kind of growl black metal typically requires more of a high shrill shriek was that yes. what you were doing absolutely nice. awesome and then doing, uh, like, the... like cr- cradle of filth style highs just Those like Danny fucking filth fucking hells oh yeah oh yeah and uh jam. final follow-up on it um could you listen to it now without cringing oh, probably not i don't think we ever recorded anything the first band i ever recorded anything with uh was called shadows prophecy and if pure volume still exists i think it's still up there and it was like it was like power metal kind of stuff so the vocals were more like like children of bodom kind of shit and uh, I actually have listened to that in recent years, and I'm like, man, this is pretty sick. This is like, no, it's not good by any means, but like <laughs> for a bunch of 15, 16 year olds, it wasn't bad.
Riley and the rest of Legion are on tour now to promote their excellent Apoptosis album. For dates and deets, head to facebook.com slash Allegion. That's A-L-L-E-G-A-E-O-N. Now, here are some of Unrequited from Flub's Advents EP before I wrap our chat. feedback been that you've are you guys read the reviews or anything that are coming through oh i read them all we had this cool (laughs) you're not supposed to do that (laughs) i do it all i don't care i want to know the truth they said that our work was shallow and pedantic and that i look like a frog oh dude i said my favorite one is let me see (laughs) the spudnik one spudnik one's my favorite this dude just like rips into us and it's like says how unoriginal we are and how everything is just hectic and spastic and we or just like a bunch of people with their like heads cut off, just making noise. I'm like, wow, like people right. people really know what we're doing. <laughs> they really could hear it. That's sick. It's like tight. That sounds about right. I wonder He's what like, else. Two is, out of ten. I wonder what else this person is like reviewed because like mortician best band ever. <laughs> it's like, why are they going out of their way to to trash something? It sounds like they're not going to be into anyway. Yeah, like for me, like I said, I, I like reading the negative stuff just because, like, for me, it gives me a broader aspect of like what I can do differently. It's not that I necessarily need to do it to please anybody, but it gives you those extra ideas that you're like, hey, maybe that can work sometimes, you know? Like, so I've had several people ask me if I'm going to be adding more clean singing to like the next material, and like, yeah, possibly. Like, I'm not going to try to make us a clean singing band, and I'm not trying to go for a clean singing band, but I try to throw vocals in where it feels right for me. And now that I have the ability to clean sing, why the fuck not? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I do read a little feedback. Um, I don't like read all the reviews or nothing, but there's a lot of like people that you know add me on social media or you know will, will hit me up and be like, "Yo, I like this part of this music," uh, you know, and they'll or people will send me reviews and I, then I'll read them. But I don't. I try not to go out of my way because I just don't want to read something that will be like, "Yeah, this guy sucks," <laughs> and, and I, I don't. I don't feel like having a shitty day because of it. Well, can I read you two reviews that caught my eye? All right, sure. Do it. All right, so. These are both from uh, the Bandcamp page for the album. This first one is from R. Duchette 858. Sounds like a very liable name. I like it. It says, Flub is what you would get if Sauron and a group of elves hate-fucked each other and their offspring formed a band. The album by the same name feels like you are questing through an enchanted forest pursuing Denzines? I don't know what that is. Of Darkness with the occasional side quest. 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, I don't... What's a denizen? Uh, I think a denizen is just denizen. just like a citizen. I don't know. I think it's a word I've never heard out loud or never seen written, but I've heard out loud. Yeah, I think I'm stupid. <laughs> so, uh, what is the recording process like when you guys are hate fucking each other as a bunch of elves? All right, Dude. the recording process is all right. Well, record one note. Okay, pause. Record another note. All right, <laughs> splice them. I'm going home. Nice. <laughs> no, I'm just that doesn't sound very hateful. I gotta say. <laughs> no, it's uh. It's well, more so Jared lays down his shit really fast, and then I'm panicking, 
uh, like, oh crap, I'm next. You know, play like, try to play through the riffs, and uh, end up taking a long time because I record both of the guitar parts. Uh, so I usually have my laptop there with me <coughs> to remember the riffs and stuff, and you know, anything that I forget, I can brush up on or. You know, to remind me, oh, crap, there was a lead there or something, you know? Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Jared and Matt on this album had, like, the most, uh, they had the most of their head on their shoulders when it came to preparation. They were both in and out, like, or Matt tracked on his own at home. Yeah. So he had a little time to kind of work in his comfort zone and not be too rushed or panicked. And he was an amazing bassist, too, which made it even easier on us. He, he just, like, turned in his homework and, like, dude, A+. plus, Like, Perfect. <laughs> And then Jared, like I said, just like mean motherfucker in the studio gets shit done real fast. So like, I feel me and Eloy definitely took the more uh, tedious route of getting everything kind of uh, just fine tuned into what it became. Yeah, you know, I, I, when it comes to being in the studio, you ever watch that episode of SpongeBob with the training video where like SpongeBob is all like hella neat and groomed, and then it's like <laughs> let's check on Mr. Squidward, and he's it's all like wham wham wham, and he's all like disgusting and his his area is all like destroyed and he's just like sitting on the toilet with like a magazine like huh that's yeah, me it's that awesome. <laughs> i got another review for you this one is for venomal 1c3 says this album turned my mind into jelly a little short but every second is massively enjoyable every song is something unexpected and there's not a dull moment i don't actually have a favorite track as every fucking one is all caps stellar for their own reasons. Five out of five horns. And then there's actually five hand, like, emoji things going like that, which would be ten horns. Nice. And then my favorite part, <laughs> favorite track, Last Breath. So they don't have a favorite track, but they have a favorite track. <laughs> so, um, that is something I have seen written in a couple of reviews, is the sheer length of the album. Um, what, did you guys cut it off at some points? Is this, like, all the time you could afford? Because well, it's like, it feels like a complete piece. So I, but I do understand the criticism. Yeah, I, I do feel that uh, we could have had this album a little more longer. But, like, overall, we would have had to set another day to have Jared come all the way down to track drums again just for one song. And it would have just added a couple more minutes left to the album. And for the material it was, I feel it. A short and sweet, this is like in your face and out was, it was what we needed. We didn't really want something that would drag on for too long where people would have to try to choose a favorite song. We wanted people to enjoy these songs and it's like, I'd rather somebody have something they could digest in smaller amounts than have to stuff their face and hopefully taste what they're eating, you know. It's like, I feel the length of this is, you know... There's actual full lengths out there, like uh, I believe Linkin Park's uh, hybrid theory is like 28, 29 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not a full length itself either, but it's a legendary album, and album front to back, almost everybody who likes the band knows all those songs front to back. Most Beatles albums are like under 30. Yeah. Like, you have the Beatles now. How's it feel? Awesome. Cool. When do I get my check? Yeah. Where's my money? Oh, you're the dead ones. Oh. Sorry. But yeah, definitely I feel like... Uh, if we would have like really strived to have a more lengthier release this time around, we probably would have had some of our songs that we really enjoyed be drowned out by other ones that would outshine. I would rather them be more small doses where people could soak up the entire Bible, what's going on, 
not have to try to find something that they really would enjoy more than another. It's like, there's certain albums that have come out in past time, like, for me, like, where it's just, it's very lengthy and it's awesome, but you can easily get lost in it, and you'll only find a couple songs you'll go back to in that album, then you won't listen to the rest of it. And I wouldn't want anybody to do that to our album. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I just wanted it to be mostly songs that I thought, okay, this is a good song, this is a good song, this is a good song, so that I'm not like, man, I hate this song, but, you know, let's use it for the album to make it longer. I, I would just rather I enjoyed every song that was on there. And since this, some of these songs have been sitting completed for a while, is there material that's been written since that wasn't considered for this release? Yeah. We have a lot of material still. Uh, it's we're, <laughs> we're just game planning today, actually, about how we're going to go about this this new material stuff. It's all just still like a lot of songs up in the air, a lot of ideas, a lot of like just general uh, just concepts we're working with. And it also comes with scheduling with Jared because we want Jared to track drums still, obviously. And just he's a busy man now, so we got to make sure that we got to got to fit in the right time for him to be able to practice and not not be stuck in a studio like not fully practiced and unprepared and as well as for like my vocal stuff now too I definitely want to up the ante this time around and do better than this last album with my writing as well as my voices and try to just make sure this one's like pretty clean cut and perfect because this this last album there's few errors in this album that weren't meant to be there the way they came out and like some people will never know what the songs are meant to truly sound like because of that there's some certain melodies missing in certain like, sections oh crap we forgot this 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 synth part or like oh yeah there was a solo there crap uh the solo is like <laughs> fucking four bars ahead or like yeah even though like i brought the laptop with me i'm just still kind of the big dumb oh even like because we were re-listening to all the mixes and like the test mixes and None of us caught that there's certain things missing until, like, finally we looked back at the tabs after everything's been printed and sent out to people. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Well, I won't I won't tell you exactly how much we have to work with, but I'll just say we have uh, plural releases. Nice. Yeah. There's a lot of plurals going on. Yes. And uh, throughout this album, is there any sort of lyrical theme? Because currently on the Metal Archives, y'all are at N.A., which they only use for instrumental folks. Hey! <laughs> you have no themes. It's all good. Nobody cares about my themes. Aw, buddy. But, well, this album itself is uh, its kind of an incomplete story. I left it open to kind of translation for each song to be fairly ambiguous, but... Like, I also wanted to set up for whatever next releases we have to kind of be able to touch back back and forth through the, the last releases. So this album itself, there's one song that touches back to Advent and one song that touches back to Purpose. And then the rest of the album itself is kind of a, a generalized situation of one moment that's happening leading to, like, a the ending of another moment. So, like, it's kind of a... In my mind, it's not meant to be a time travel story, but you have to listen to all of our shit and kind of solve a puzzle yourself to be able to find a cohesive storyline. Yeah, because it's not like a like a it's not entire a concept story. album. Yeah, it's not an yeah. entire concept album, but there are like there's a lot of stories from... that touch back. Like, uh, was it the song "Rebirth" and "Umbra Mortis" are the exact same moment in the story, but it's uh, so "Rebirth" is the first one out of the story. 
and Rebirth is about somebody who is dying. They've like failed their mission and they're just raid. They're seeing fucking their life flash before their eyes. They're laying there bleeding out and dying, and this creature comes upon them and it offers them a second chance. It's like, let me take over your body and like you know, I'll give you this power that you need to succeed. So with rebirth is pretty much somebody giving up their soul to this demon. Basically spawn. Yeah, <laughs> spawn shit. He gives himself up to have this power of evil and like they're giving away their their, their soul practically. And in the song Umber Mortis describes what's happening to their body as they they make this deal and this person's body is now changing, is in being infested by this sort of virus like black poison that's just Destroying him from the inside. So basically, spawned. <laughs> yeah, it's venom. It's spawn. It's it's fucking metal. So it leads to a point where, at the end of that song, they become a creature. And now this creature has this power to go wreak forth this havoc, and this creature itself ties into like uh, Wild Smoke. Wild Smoke is the ending of the uh, ending of the album, as well as ending of the the part of the story. Is it leads to Advent. Because Advent, our character in the cover, he's going towards a dragon. So with uh, with Wild Smoke is... Oh, no, not Wild Smoke. Uh, sorry. Rise from Your Grave. You even listen to it? Yeah, I don't, I don't even listen to it. This See, is why I have no lyrical themes. This is why, I, know this is why nobody pays attention. <laughs> They're like, wait, what are we attention. talking about? <laughs> yeah, Rise, Rise from Your Grave is supposed to be the resurrection of that dragon. That dragon itself is meant to destroy the world. And this demon, monster, hybrid human now is going to summon this thing to destroy the world. Therefore, it goes to Wild Smoke, where this thing is destroying the world. It kills Mother Nature. Smoke is fucking just all over the forest. Mother Nature's dead. So that's where it leaves off in the story. So the next one, we could have the next chapter of the story, which I can't give away any of those details yet, because I haven't written it. <laughs> you notice there's the same little dude on all our covers? Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Does the dude have a name? I would just call him Flub. <laughs> nah, don't call him that. Uh, I want to call him Flub. Mick Flub. Yeah, I, I call The Legend him. of Flub. Nah, he hasn't got a name. He could right. just be like... He's just some dude. He's out here trying to do his shit. And he could be you. He could be me. Eh, better shape than I am. See, the, the way the order of these albums go, too, like, like I said, like the, the full length itself hops between time of like the other two chronologically. So like the album cover for The Forest is in between from Advent and like Purpose. So Purpose, it's blue. So he's in a blue field and it's going towards a purple. Now he's in the purple forest that's going to lead to the dragon. So the next release is going to kind of more embellish what happens after he goes to the forest. Wow. And uh, I, I'm someone who's guilty of this. I think the very first time I wrote about you guys, I commented on the name being a synonym for a mistake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this far into Flub, how are we feeling about the name Flub and having to deal with that in every article about your band? Well, we did miss hella shit on this album, like we were saying. I didn't want to comment on that, but yeah, <laughs> it was sitting there. There's a reason why the name is Flub. We, we're pretty clumsy Because we stupid. <laughs> we, we, have, we had a reputation for the last couple of years where before this album was coming back, we kind of, I don't know, I feel we lost sense of responsibility. Phil, we went back to our teenage roots of being reckless and not preparing for shows. We just most of the shows we played with us and Jared and Matt, like there was no practice. Yeah, we we were just kind of just get drunk and wing it. And it's like, yo, fuck it, let's go do this. We're a band called Flub. People shouldn't expect. Yeah, we kind of we, we kind of justified our terrible performances. <laughs> like we're we kind of did this like 
bad, uh, vicious cycle. It was very self-destructive of like, well, nobody respects us anyway, and we suck at everything we do, so we might as well just get drunk and mess up our live shows. And But, like, we've we straightened out over the past couple years and, like, just really all tried to get our, our shit together and tried to be more professional and yeah, with practice this, more and just fix up our live performances and with kill this, it. Yeah, with this album taking so long, I definitely wanted people to take it seriously. And I... I as much as we like to still have fun on stage and like kind of bring a funner vibe to like the metal scene, I want people to know that we still mean business. You know, like we could be goofy, but we're here to fuck shit up. And I want us to be able to perform our songs live. I don't want people to hear this album on a recording and come and not get that full experience live, if not more. I want them to feel everything a hundredfold when we're playing it. So from there, like from our drunken mishaps and horrible sets and just like not preparing to now we're definitely trying to make sure that everything is 100% 110% just well thought out and very solid as we can make it I also like that uh, we have a name that's not super metally because then it kind of stands out like people you'll remember the name even if it's if you don't check us out you know you hate it you're just like oh this this name sucks these guys probably suck so bad and you know, one day you're just like, what's the big deal? Oh, this is kind of kind of cool. Or you might think it sucks, but either way, I feel like it kind of sticks with you. Well, one, one thing I really like about our name, too, is because I'm a really huge corn fan. <laughs> it's four letters in corn, four letters in blood. Yeah, that's my favorite food. It's <laughs> my favorite food. But now, like I say, like, uh, yeah, like having those super traditional death metal-y names, like we never have been... Like, out of our band, none of us have ever been those super death metal guys. We love death metal. We love all these different styles of music. But we've never been just those super fucking brutal people like that. So, like, having some crazy-ass, like, name something about dead bodies or something, that would not fit our sound or music whatsoever. It just wouldn't feel authentic if yeah, we Yeah, it would feel incredibly forced for us. So we, we had another idea for the name beforehand. I think it was called, like, Lunar Something. Something about the moon. Came yeah. out otherwise. Don't remember. But my last band, we cycled through so many lunar things and kept finding if there are already bands called that or fucking DJs because DJs love the moon too. Yeah, so. DJ Moon, Lunar Moon. So, lunar Moon. <laughs> lunar moon. So, uh, yeah, we, we had the idea to have the moon sort of like a part of the name, but then, like, uh, while we were tracking the EP, uh, the, or the first demo that we did, we didn't have a name for the project still, so we were just up in the air trying to think of a name. And he only kept fucking up while he was playing guitar and tracking. And he kept saying, I'm flubbing it up. I keep flubbing these parts. Yeah. I didn't believe it was a real word. Yeah. I, I got in a huge argument with him. Yeah, him and the, and, the, and the fucking engineer are like, that's not even a word. I'm like, yes it is, you fucking idiots. Look it up. <laughs> no, I didn't say like, I'm not that mean. Hey, he said it exactly that way. No. But. I mean, if you're saying you're flubbing it up, it sounds like you're trying to say a polite way you're fucking up. So it's Yeah, it, it's like, ah, I'm It's all like, gosh darn it. It's one of those. Gosh darn it, I'm flubbing it. And then... So yeah. your name is actually fuck, but it's... Yeah, <laughs> our name is fuck. <laughs> our name is fuck. But fuck. Yeah, at that point, I decided to Google check, fact check this shit, and indeed was a real word. And Just and call then, it flub. I think I just said, like, at that point, we should just call this band Flub, like, fuck it. It fits, and like, Botch, or Mr. Bungle. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, fuck it, Flub. And we, like, all right, we'll sit on that idea. And then, like, a couple of days later, we just never decided to change it. It just stayed that way. Yeah, it's kind of like when you get a girlfriend and you never 
really talk about what you guys are. <laughs> but, you, but you've been dating for months, and and it's like, oh yeah, I guess it's this. I guess you're my girlfriend, right? Like that, the girl that just follows me around places. Yeah, my girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> I still haven't had a talk with my wife. It's awkward. <laughs> You're like, uh, wait, are we are we a thing though? Party we had a while ago. What was that? Yeah, what was that ceremony? <laughs> what was that the, shit? All that time and money and that vacation. Uh, that'll do it for for uh, this chat for Far Beyond Metal. Uh, thanks for being on, guys. Oh yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's it's been far too long. I've just been waiting for the new thing. And also for you guys, just to like settle down just for like a second, because <laughs> like, oh, cool, Flub's doing something. Ah, oh, Alter Beast is over here. Princess Kitten's over there. Uh, that's all good. Princess Kitten doesn't exist, and Alter Beast got his own thing going on. Good for them. Love just released her self-titled album via the Artisan Era. You can pick it up and or download a copy over at flub.bandcamp.com and you should follow the band over at facebook.com slash flubmetal. Now to close this episode, I'd like to recommend the Philadelphia thrash band Infinity. Infinity are a quartet that formed in 2016 and they just released their second album, Awakening, in May. From that album, here is Terminal in its entirety.
Get your copy of Awakening by Infinity over at infinity.bandcamp.com and keep up with the band over at facebook.com slash infinitybandofficial. Now, if you'd like to speak with me, you may do so by emailing farbrownmetaldan at gmail.com. I'm at Ovacord on Twitter. The show is at underscore farbrownmetal. And on Instagram, the show is farbrownmetalpod. And of course, the theme song is farbrownmetal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.